Welcome to Our Shoreline, Your Horizon, a podcast by Dan Casey, featuring business and economic development news from St. Clair County, Michigan. Stretch your horizons in the beautiful shoreline communities of St. Clair County, home to one of the nation's busiest international border crossings. Learn more at edascc.com. Hello, I'm Dan Casey with the Economic Development Alliance of St. Clair County, Michigan, and welcome to the EDA's Our Shoreline, Your Horizon podcast where we explore economic development trends, St. Clair County communities, and interesting companies. I'd like to welcome today's guest, Carrie Hepting, who is the Administrator of St. Clair County. Welcome to the podcast, Carrie. Thank you. I'm excited that you could join me today. The county has kind of a similar goal as the EDA, which is to make our local economy resilient and prosperous and to improve the quality of life for the county's residents. And the county also had a really busy year in 2023, which we're going to talk about in a minute. I'd also like to talk to you a little bit about this year and some of the initiatives that we can look forward to. All right. And why don't you start by telling me a little bit about yourself and your work history, like how did you end up working at the county and becoming a county administrator? Okay. So I grew up in St. Clair. I've lived in St. Clair County my whole life, except for the years I was away at college. I started out after college. I'm a certified public accountant, so I did work in public accounting for several years. I started at the county in 1999, actually as an entry-level staff accountant position. No clue I would end up in the role I am now at that time, but within a year, I was promoted to the accounting manager position, and I was in that role for a little over maybe 12 years before I was promoted to the finance director and deputy controller. And then back in 2016, I was promoted to the county's administrator controller. Wow, that's a, a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this <laughs> will be, be my 25th year. <laughs> yeah, wow. Okay, so very experienced person <laughs> at the helm, which is a good thing. We're going to dive into talking a little bit about 2023. It was a really interesting and contentious year in the state, and also at the local level. There were opportunities to land massive battery plants. Then there were some similar concerns that people had with solar projects, which we also experienced here in St. Clair County and Fort Gratiot and Clyde Townships. But that just brought a lot of concern from local residents about oversight uh, of their government and so forth. And I know that in the county, we experienced a little bit of that. So we got through the year. Some of those things are still playing out. Now we have an election year coming up, so the spotlight's still on all of us. So why don't you just talk a little bit about your perspective and how you would describe 2023 and what happened? So 2023 was definitely a busy year. Financially, it was a great year for the county. We saw larger than historic increases in our property tax base because of new development So financially, the county is in excellent shape. You know, you are correct that we see a lot of increased citizen engagement. You know, for many years, our county board meetings had little to no citizen participation. And we have citizens at every board meeting speaking, asking questions. So citizens are really a lot more involved in their government. So in a lot of ways, we have changed how we do business. We've enhanced our website. We've beefed up that information. So that information is out there for citizens. They can, they're seeking that information and we want to make it easy for them to find. Yeah. And I think that's important. 
Absolutely. And it's, and, and it's valuable. And one of the things that we've lost over the last many years is newspaper coverage and media coverage in general of what's happening at the local level. And so people really need to, it's, it's on them to become more engaged in their government and how it works. So from that standpoint, I think that that was a positive development. I agree. Okay, so it was a busy year. We had this little thing called ARPA funds, which is federal grant money that was passed out through the state and then down to the counties. And also there were local allocations to local communities. So I know the county was really busy last year and this year trying to uh, determine how to best implement those dollars. So why don't you just touch on that? So the county received just under $31 million of American Rescue Plan Act dollars. And these funds can be used for a variety of things for regular government operations, responding, public health response, economic impacts of COVID, along with some infrastructure, water, sewer. It's actually been expanded to include some eligible road projects. You know, this funding has to be allocated by the end of this year, but they're still making and changing the rules. Um, There's still an interim rule on some of the new programs, such as road funding, that is now available for these funds. So commissioners really spent a lot of their time looking at the funds, reviewing the different uses, and weighing those different projects and how they wanted to allocate those funds. And this matters to people, how this money is spent, right? They, they may not realize it, but this is money that ordinarily wouldn't be in budgets, right? And so how do you use that to tackle some of the things that are priorities, in this case, for the county? So, for example, deferred maintenance on buildings. None of us ever have enough money in our budgets to, to do everything that we need to do and want to do to maintain our buildings and so forth. So that is obviously one of the ways that you are using ARPA money. Absolutely. To put it in perspective, the county's general fund budget is approximately $71 million. So thirty-one a $31 million influx. There's the ability to do a lot of good, not just for the county and county services, but in the community as well. One of the things the commissioners did early on is they took $3.5 million of those funds and divvied it up a half a million dollars per commissioner district. And commissioners allocated those to a variety of projects, park improvements in their communities, basic maintenance in those communities. We had um, some public safety upgrades to our warning siren systems. So not only was it helping county operations, um, those funds were passed on to many of the local units as well for their projects. Yeah, so I think it was an exciting opportunity for, for the county to to tackle some of those projects, which will free up money in some cases to be used in the future on other important priorities, road improvements and so forth. Absolutely. So some of the projects um, we have tackled internally, a lot of technology projects, upgrades to our our IT backbone infrastructure. We were in a really good place during COVID and some of those state-imposed shutdowns where We already had the infrastructure in place, so our employees were already able to work remotely, those that needed to. But as you know, technology doesn't last, and it's constantly evolving in upgrades. So we're working on those upgrades, as well as basic maintenance, roof replacements. Uh, We were able to replace the roof on the library. We'll be looking at the roof of the courthouse and the administration building as well, some HVAC improvements. 
So, And some of those are big ticket items, right? They're pretty expensive to replace a roof. Yes, multi-million dollar, some multi-million dollar projects that many of these we've been doing maintenance, preventative maintenance, but that only can last for so long. So let's talk a little bit more about 2024 and some of the other initiatives that uh, the county is going to be undertaking. So for 2024, you're going to see the board has allocated the balance of our Rescue Plan Act dollars. They actually took another $7 million, a million dollars for each commissioner district, uh, similar to what they did before, to allocate out to communities, community projects, nonprofits. So we're seeing a variety of projects from assistance to Mid-City Nutrition for some of their appliances to assisting a local unit with some of their road projects. So those funds are going out to communities this year. So you'll be seeing a lot of projects happening. And a big project will be the health department move. Yes. One of the largest projects that I'm very excited about is relocating the health department from their existing building to the half of the administration building that was currently occupied by the state of Michigan, DHHS. Right. So the health department's in a not a very well-functioning building, we'll say. <laughs> and so putting them um, back on the campus with the rest of the majority of the county's employees is probably good for the county overall and for taxpayers, creating more efficiencies, I would assume. We will have be able to take one of our buildings offline, and you're correct, that was an, an aging DPW building, and the tri-level of the building makes it very difficult for, let's say, um, a mother coming in for services that needs to maybe go to the clinic and then visit WIC services to try to go upstairs to a middle level and downstairs all while navigating, you know, maybe with a child or two in a stroller. We had a building study done to look at our old health department to see what we would need in terms of costs for renovations versus a new construction. But then the opportunity came up with the lease of for the state of Michigan expiring. So it was the perfect opportunity and the in the perfect move, the most cost effective way. Well, that sounds like a really exciting project and a good use of those monies. And so that's projects primarily going to take place this year. Is that correct? Uh, yes, we're currently working with architects. The state of Michigan will be completely leaving that space the end of May. So we are hoping to have bidding and everything set so construction can start right away in June. What are some other opportunities or challenges that you're seeing this year in particular that might be different from last year? I, I think some of the things we're seeing this year are coming down from the state, some potential legislative changes. So we know there was a legislative change that doesn't directly impact county services. However, it impacts all local units, and that is the removal of local control for certain zoning for certain projects. I know many commissioners and our local officials are very concerned about what that means for their communities and their ability to say what they do or don't want in their communities. In particular, you're talking about solar projects. Yes, correct. Right. Yeah. So that one has yet to play out, but it appears that the Michigan Public Service Commission is going to be given the authority to approve solar projects as opposed to local control, meaning local communities don't necessarily have a complete say-so. They still have a role, but they don't have a complete say-so in whether those projects would land or not in their backyard. Yes. So that is one of those 
contentious issues that I was talking <laughs> about, but it's still to play out. And I don't want to go off on a big tangent on this one, but I think the one thing that people will have to consider is that it's it's really an issue of two potentially competing goals and objectives. One of those goals is to create a, a future using renewables, right, that's better for our planet than the way that we've been doing it. So that's one goal. That's where solar comes in. And then the other one is local control and the ability of communities to make their own decisions on land use issues like this one. And unfortunately, solar takes up a lot of land. And so people generally don't want that, you know, and 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 so they've been all across the state turning down some of these larger developments because they don't want that change in their backyard. And yet you have to ask yourself the question, well, then how do we accomplish that other goal if we're not willing to allow our land to be developed using solar? So that's really, I don't want to steal the ball from you, but that that's really, I think, the issue that has to come to a head and has to be decided here in the state. Yeah, I think we'll see. Um, I believe there is a ballot initiative that is begun to put that on the ballot to let the voters decide on some of those items. And the county doesn't really have a say-so in that, do you? No, the county does not have a role in local zoning. It That is 100% up to the local community. So our planning, county planning does review different ordinances just to make sure they're in compliance with the law. And the county also, you know, a few years ago, wrote a, like a template solar ordinance for communities to adopt. I don't know if any of the communities in the county actually adopted it or not, but they had a role at that level, at least, to help communities try to figure out how to review and manage those decisions. And it's, it's complicated. It is. We have staff that can certainly help local communities meet their goals on what, what they're interested in doing and help with some of the, the different compliance. So we don't have much time left, but I, I wanted to at least touch on how the county supports community and economic development. Uh, obviously, you help to fund our organization, so that's one way that you do that. You've got the Metro Planning team and the work that they do. They run a Brownfield Authority. They run a land, um, the uh, land bank and uh, probably some other things I'm not even thinking of. So just can you just touch on that and why economic development is important to the county? So certainly economic development, the county has a vested interest in the prosperity of our communities, of our residents. And I think it's, um, it's a team approach where the county plays a, a key role. Companies want to locate in an area where there's financial stability, predictability, and they like to see a unified approach between not just county government, but local government and all community leaders. And that's something that we do quite well in, in St. Clair County. We work together as a team. And uh, I know I've been in meetings with county commissioners on various projects where we you know, had to decide, is, are we going to put a piece of property on the table for a company to consider? It might be county-owned property or it might be local community-owned property. And being able to come together as a team you know, is really important and doesn't happen every place. I know I've worked other places in economic development, so thank you for your leadership on that. And and it must be working because last <laughs> year you said was uh, quite a good year for the county financially. Yes, it was. Well, thank you for being on the podcast today. It's been great to talk to you about some of these issues, and uh, we'll have you back on again in the future. Thank you. And that wraps up today's podcast. As always, remember that EDA's programs and services are made possible by our members. 
and we greatly appreciate their support. I'm Dan Casey with the EDA of St. Clair County, and I hope you'll join me again for the next podcast on Our Shoreline, Your Horizon. Thanks for listening. To hear more, visit the podcast page at WGRT.com or find Our Shoreline, Your Horizon on your favorite podcast app.